This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 119. When a pastor says that, a lot of times you ask yourself, man, uh, how long is this message going to take? Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. And we're in an eight-week series all about truth. And one of the greatest places to go to hear the truth and to know the truth is Psalm 119. It's all about the truth. Our theme verses for this study is uh, our Verse 29 and 30, it says, Remove far from me the way of lying. I have chosen the way of truth. And I hope that we can uncover some lies we're all believing and uh, really focus on the truth. You know, the truth is the only thing that can change broken hearts and broken lives, and so that's what we're doing. This week we're talking about the lie of approval. The lie of approval. And the lie of approval says, if I uh, please other people, then I will ultimately be able to please myself. And I can please myself by pleasing others, and, and uh, that's, that's just uh, not the truth. And uh, some might be wondering, well, why are we studying this on Father's Day, uh, of, all, of all things? And uh, partly it's, the, uh, it's just the, the, the verses that we we're coming to. But also, uh, I wanted just to kind of give the, give the dads uh, a challenge today and, and maybe put them at ease. Uh, I know some dads are probably thinking, of all the things I have a problem with, Pleasing others or caring what other people think, it, that's far from them, right? Uh, you know, dads are proud of their dad bods, right? They're, they're proud of their dad jokes, and uh, my, my dad certainly is. Uh, dads are also really proud of their comebacks. Now, our go-to comeback is go ask your mother, right? But, uh, but dads always seem to have a comeback. You know, they always have something prepared. In fact, I, I have comebacks prepared that I've never been able to use. I've always wanted someone to ask me, how do you take your coffee? And I've always wanted to say, seriously, I take it very seriously. But I've never been able to say that because no one's really ever been able to ask me, how do you take your coffee? Um, Some dads, when they're asked, would you rather be loved or feared? uh, They might agree with Michael Scott when he said, uh, I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. I don't know if that's uh, how you feel, but I really want to just point out the fact that dads are like every other person. We all want approval. Uh, We all want to be loved by other people, and approval is not wrong. In fact, we all long to belong. But longing to belong outside of God's approval can really be wrong. It can actually be detrimental to our emotional and spiritual health. And so today we're going to be turning our focus on Father's Day to our Heavenly Father. And we're going to be seeing how our approval from Him can really be the foundation of everything we do and say. You see, the lie of approval must be confronted with the truth of identity and significance in Christ. So our key verses today are uh, Psalm 119, 57, and 58. It says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep thy words. I treated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. 
Now, this is the eighth section here in the Psalm 119. It's the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it's the letter Kath. It literally means a fence. That's the pictograph, uh, an enclosure, an inner room separated or protected by anything else. And it's pointing us to the name of God, Penuel, uh, the face of God, the presence of God, the inner chamber of his presence. See, God is calling you today to seek his presence, to seek his acceptance, specifically to seek your position in his presence more than your position of those around you. You see, the lie of approval says, if I can totally feel accepted and loved and uh, respected in without the presence of God in the approval of others, and that's just not true. In fact, uh, the key thought from this passage as we begin is that God's approval must be the source of our identity and significance. His approval must be the source of our identity and significance. Now, there's three sources I want to look at briefly today, and uh, here are the sources. Uh, First, God's identity is the source of stability, the source of stability. If we're going to overcome the lie of approval, we need the identity of God to, to be the stability of our soul. Then the word of God is the source of our worth, and then we're going to see how the grace of God is the source of our significance. Okay, so let's look number one as the word of God is the source of our stability. Now it says, thou art my portion, O Lord. Thou art my portion. Now the lie of approval says that the pathway to peace with yourself is the approval of others. But David had a different way of looking at life. He had a different pathway to peace and stability. In fact, when he said, thou art my portion, it's the word collect. It literally means territory, inheritance, or legacy, but it means a great reward. He was saying, you're my reward. You're what I'm seeking after, Lord. And whatever your territory is, whatever position or, or acclaim or, or reward that you're seeking, whatever legacy that you're hoping for, anything that is dependent on other people will ultimately be disappointed, but the approval of God will never disappoint you. The portion that God can give you will never let you down. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 111, he said, Thy testimonies have thy taken as a heritage forever, for they are rejoicing in my heart, of my heart. Uh, Psalm 16, 5 says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Now maintainest my lot, the lines are drawn unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have goodly heritage. I bless the Lord and who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Say that with me. I shall not be moved. Say it again. I shall not be moved. The stability of our identity in Christ is undeniable. I shall not be moved. You see, the key thought from this point is that a settled identity provides great stability for the soul. In Psalm 119, 73, it says this. It says, Jod, or Yod. That's the 10th section, the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It means hand or finished work, but it says, Thy hands have made me and finished, fashioned me. Give me understanding. You see, God made us. He fashioned us. He he created us to be who he wanted us to be. 
and who God has made you must define you. It must settle your identity. We're using a tent uh, the, the last couple weeks. Last week was beautiful under the tent, perfect weather, and really enjoyed uh, worshiping under that tent. If you ever feel comfortable coming out and joining us, we'd love to have you. But you know, when we started to erect that tent, we, we, we could not just tie the ropes around the poles of the tent. It could not be secured to itself. It had to be secured to something greater than itself. In fact, we filled up eight barrels of water, about three-fourths full. There's about 334 pounds of water on each one of those, about thousands of pounds of water holding down the tent. And then there's about 34 stakes uh, around the tent with ropes tied. And those stakes are going in 24 to 28 inches. Listen, we wanted that tent to last. And if we would have just tied the ropes to itself, it wouldn't have lasted two minutes, much less the last couple weeks. Friend, an identity that is wrapped around who you think you are and who you say you are is not stable because it's not anchored to something greater than yourself. You have to anchor who you say you are into what God says you are and who God says you are. That's the stability of the identity God has given you. So we see this in this passage. He says, thou art my portion of the Lord. Then he says, since you are my portion, verse 57, that's the premise, I have said. Now, this is not these three English words um, make up one Hebrew word. It's the word amar. And it is the word to address or uh, singles and young adults is the word for uh, the, to propose, right? But it's also the word for naming. I have said. He's literally saying here, I have named myself. What? Well, I have named myself according to thy word. That's what verse 58 says. Now, it's interesting to me as I studied this out, the word amar is tied to the word imra. Uh, the last word in, in verse 58 is tied to the first one of the first words in verse 57. See, Imra is, is, it has the root of Amar, and he's literally saying, I have named myself according to thy word or according to the name that you have given me. Isn't that wonderful? That David was saying, I'm going to speak over myself what you have said about me. I am going to name myself according to your word. I mean, I hope that's you. I hope that that's your desire. You see, God named you long before your parents did. He named you long before your parents did. I have an ID in my pocket and and, you know, uh, these, these uh, government-issued IDs, uh, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, my passport also uh, has a, a fairly ugly picture, which is why I just put it out real fast and then put it away. Uh, but regardless of the picture, the name on the ID is the name my parents gave me. But You know, the identity that God gave you, it's eternal. It, it was named, you were named who he named you, before you're, you were born to your parents. Your born identity. We're not talking about Jason born here. We're talking about a born identity that he gave you before you were born. He gave you the identity that you're not a mistake. He gave you the identity that you were made in his image. He gave you the identity that you're his crowning creation. And he, and he gave you the identity that you have enormous value in his eyes. You see, you were created on purpose for a purpose. 
And God is wanting you to understand that you, you do not have to run from the name that he's given you. You see, spies, they fake IDs and passports all the time. But no matter what they write on there or, or make their fake ID, it doesn't change their true name. And no matter what your physical name is, no matter what the name that your parents gave you is, the name that God gave you will not change. So that's your earthly identity. But can I ask you a question? Do you have a heavenly identity? Do you have a heavenly identity? You see, the passport that you have here on earth will get you into different countries, but the passport that Jesus gives will get you into heaven. See, your heavenly passport can only be stamped by the blood of Jesus. It can't be stamped by good works. It can't be stamped by anything else but Jesus. Why? Because the cross specifically made it possible for you as God's cherished creation to become God's cherished child. You see, all men and women, regardless of their background or, or race, regardless of, of who they are or where they're from, all men have equal dignity in the eyes of God the Father. That's why we see the protests and everything going on. We have equal dignity. But can I tell you that as everyone is a creation, I, I want you to know that not everyone is God's child. That, but the, the, the verse in, in John, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You see, God wants you to become a citizen of heaven. He wants you to become his child. And all you have to do is receive him. I'm going to give you a chance to do that at the end of this time together today. But once you receive him as your Lord and Savior, and be, he becomes your father, he becomes your Savior you now have a heavenly citizenship, a heavenly identity. Your passport to heaven now reads forgiven. It now reads righteous. It now reads loved, accepted. It now reads valued, secure. See, that heavenly identity means the world to me. And the lie of approval says that if I lose approval from those who I love or those who I respect, I'm a loser. But God's identity never changes. God's identity is always the same. You see, God's word gives us the means by which we derive our meaning. And so God's identity gives us stability. But then I want you to notice that God's word, God's word is the source for our worth. God's word is the source for our worth. He said, I have said, I will keep thy words. And then he said, be merciful, merciful unto me according to thy words. Now, I started studying this out, and when he said, thou, you know, uh, thou art my portion, you know, and, and, and I was reading it all through. And what he was saying is, your name is my portion, so your identity is my portion. But he was also saying, thy words are my portion. So, so he was specifically tying the word of God to his value, his worth. Now, the word word, the, the, the Hebrew word for thy words, um, is, is the word debar. It's, it's a chronicle or a, a divine proclamation, but it's a God thing. And our worth is based on the word of God. And, and it's not just a good thing, it's a God thing. It is a God thing. Now, I want you to notice this, that, that the word debar, okay, so he's saying because of debar, I will keep, and it's the word shamar, your words or your name, amar. Do you get that? Dabar is his word. Shamar is what he's doing. He's keeping it. 
and Amar is the name or his, or his worth, what God says about him. So he said, I will keep it. I'll watch after it. I'll diligently seek it. Everyone wants to be a hero, but anyone can operate when things are going well. What happens when you're a zero? What happens when things are falling apart around you? What happens then? You see, God's word gives you stability, but it also gives you value that you'll never lose. It gives you that divine approval. And so the lie of approval says, if I don't do good, I'll lose value in other people's eyes. Or if I don't do good for God, I'll lose value in God's eyes. That's the lie of approval. But I want, you to, I want you to hear this, and I want you to mark this down. If you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to really key in on this. Here's the key thought from this point. We do not achieve our acceptance from God by doing good. We receive our acceptance from God by his grace. We do not achieve it. We receive it. And so God's approval is not a gift or is a gift, not a goal. It's not something we work for. It's not something that we're, we're, we're always trying to earn. In fact, it's not by merit. Our obedience to God's word is not for approval. It's from approval. It's in approval. And so there's just three reminders quickly about God's word settling your value and your worth. Letter A, money does not determine your value. In fact, David said in Psalm 119, 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. He was saying, you know, all the money in the world won't gain or take away my value in you. I heard about a young adult this last week who uh, tragically committed suicide uh, when the app he was investing on glitched and it said he lost all of his money. See, he had attached his value to money. What a sad thing that is to watch people attaching their worth to a number in their bank account or, or houses or, or, or something that, that people can look at and, and supposedly give you respect. So money does not determine your value. I want to say, letter B, popularity does not determine your value. He said, I am small and despised, 144. Uh, yet do I not forget thy precepts. See, regardless of what the world says about you, regardless of how you feel yourself, if you feel small and rejected and despised, as David said, uh, God's word is what defines you. And just because someone around you might have greater visibility does not mean that they have greater value in God's eyes. Popularity does not determine your value. Letter C, ability does not determine your value. Ability does not determine it. He says, I am thine, save me. He's like, God, I'm yours. I, I belong to you. And because of that, I'm going to need your ability because I don't have enough. I need you to save me. He says, I have sought thy precepts. Now, last week we, we understood that precepts mean value. It's, he's saying, I'm seeking your value, not my own. And so even when we don't feel capable, God's word says that we are valuable because of his grace, because of his love. But when we make the quality of our work, the measure of our worth, it crushes us because we become our own source of value. Uh, when I used to fly a, a good bit, I, I would wait on the runway when they would spray with these big trucks this de-icing agent. 
And the reason why they want to spray the airplanes before they take off is because they don't want just a little bit of ice to affect the flight. You see, those airplanes have been designed to fly. They've been designed to soar. But if a little bit of ice starts to coat those airplanes, they can't fly. It affects their ability to soar. And did you know that if you attach anything to, God, to God's design, if you attach anything to your value, that's not what God says is valuable, you won't soar. You'll be grounded. You, you, you'll feel uh, dejected. In fact, you might even have a, a catastrophic disaster of, of an identity crisis. Why? Because oftentimes we add things to God's design, and he said you were never meant to operate that way. So you can't soar when you're exploring and, and, and trying to seek your own identity. And so God's identity is our source for stability. God's word is our source for our worth. And then finally, and we're finished, God's grace is the source of our significance. God's grace is the source for our significance. He said, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. See, if God is not the source of our meaning and approval, whatever else is has become our God. And so I want to just draw a clear distinction against what he's saying in verse, verse 57 and what he's saying in verse 58. You see, the acceptance of God is God's unconditional love towards you. Did you know God will never love you any less and he cannot love you any more than he does right now? That unconditional love is, is toward you and it will never change. But God's favor, his grace is, is defined here. It's, it's actually the word in this passage. It's the word pena, where we get penuel. It, it means face of God or, or grace-filled presence of God, but it means the empowering support. You see, God's favor is his unearned support. And God wants to give you his unearned support. He loves you and he, and he desperately wants to support you, but he will not support your own idolatry and your own identity. And so it's important for us to understand that what our heart longs for, what we're entreating, as he said, seeking. He said, he uses the same word in verse 20 when he said, my soul breaketh for longing. In verse 40, I have longed for thy precepts. With my whole heart, he's saying. And so he said, be merciful. Don't, I just, I don't, I don't just need your favor, but I need your mercy. I need your compassion. In mercy, make me feel how you feel about me. Do you get that? God, show me your perspective. God, through your grace, can I see what really is significant? See, God will always approve and always accept you with your, your eternal identity, but he, he may not always approve or have favor in your activity. So your identity is settled but your activity is the way you're connecting with him. And see, living in sin is ignoring your true identity. The longer we live for approval of others, uh, we, we are in bondage to that feeling and that approval. But friends, as Christians, we are free to live in and from the approval of God. And knowing that we have God's acceptance should motivate us to, to greater seek his presence. Knowing that we're accepted and we're completely loved should seek for should should motivate us to seek him. 
You see, we're not seeking him so that he'll love us anymore. We're seeking him so that we'll love him more. We're seeking the presence of God. Friend, don't run from his presence. Why would you run from a God that's running towards you? Why would you run from a God who, who favors you, who's, who's looking down with love on you, who wants to support, who wants to enable you? The psalmist said in verse 17, deal bountifully with thy servant. Notice, thy servant. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. See, he was saying, I'm yours. My identity is wrapped up in serving you. Why? Because if he didn't serve God, God would devalue him. God wouldn't love him. No. He wanted God to get more of him. He wanted more of his heart to be inclined with God. When you understand the name God's given you, when you understand the significance and identity God's given to you, you don't have to seek for another. Let me tell a story and then I'll be finished. My sister and brother-in-law were missionaries uh, for nearly 20 years, and they've since moved back to the States. But their first uh, area that they were serving in was St. Petersburg, Russia. And they uh, had a flat there, and they were ministering, and they helped start a church, and they were attempting to start uh, an additional church across town. And if I remember right, uh, someone had printed some flyers they were passing out about uh, this uh, church service, and and, uh, in that area it was not allowed to pass out religious flyers like that. And and, uh, one of the KJB agents uh, found one of those flyers. And he walked up to my brother-in-law and he said, is, that your, is this your name? Is this your name? My brother-in-law's heart sunk knowing that he was uh, in, 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 in deep trouble at that moment. And, but then his eyes glanced down on the flyer and by divine providence, the people who had printed those flyers had misspelled my brother-in-law's name. You see... Normally, you would be a little bit annoyed, uh, maybe even a little bit upset that someone had misspelled your name on a flyer. But that day, he was glad because he could, with, with full certainty, look down on that flyer and say, that is not my name. That's not my name. Can I encourage you the next time someone or even Satan says something other than God says about you, the next time Satan climbs up on your shoulder or whispers in your heart's ear, you're worthless. You'll always be a slave to that addiction. You'll you'll never be good enough to be in a stable relationship. Uh, You'll never be used by God in this area. The, The next time he says, this is who you are, why don't you say with certainty, that's not who I am. That's not who God named me. Why don't you say your identity back to him? Why don't you seek the approval of God over the approval of man? Seek his identity. You see, on this Father's Day, every father wants to be loved by his children. And so thankful for my father's health. He's uh, just had open heart surgery. He's recovering. But I, I want you to know that your heavenly father wants a relationship with you. Friend, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the the way to your heavenly father is through Jesus. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. And I hope that when I pray, 
that you'll pray with me, that you'll bow your head with me. And if you want to receive him, if, if, you, if you understand now your earthly identity, but now you want a heavenly identity, I would encourage you to receive that. And so bow your head and close your eyes right now, just wherever you're at. Whether you're in your, If you're in your car driving, please keep your eyes open. But if you're at home and if you're at a place, you could just meditate. We close our eyes to focus on the eternal, to focus on what we can't see by faith. And let's just pray to God. God, I pray that you'd please help these that are reaching out to you. Lord, I know you're reaching to them. Lord, you want to receive them. And if you'd like to receive Jesus, just call out to him. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. Please save me. I trust you now. I believe you died and rose again for the salvation of my soul. I believe you're the only way to heaven. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you to text this number, 661-450-8761. Please text this number. We'd love to give you a Bible, maybe some resources. I think there'll be a help to you. Friend, if you've already made that decision. We're so thankful that you've joined us. But I want to give you uh, just a a quick challenge. I would really encourage you to read through this passage, Psalm 119. Read four verses a day. You'll be finished in under eight weeks. Read four verses a day and think to yourself, who is God saying that I am? What is my identity? You can read Ephesians 1 and 2 and also understand your identity in Him. But contrast the identity God has given you with the identity the world tries to give you, with the identity you try to give yourself. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.